this submarine looking cigar looking ship is actually run by the Navy. So that's quite interesting. And we landed on top of the ship and then locked. And we can hear like a popping noise on the ship. The whole ship moved. And we had to take a ladder down into the ark to a location that we have not been into, that we saw it with a lot of vegetation. We saw a lot of light, bluish white light that was all over the place in different corners of the location of the ark that we were in. And we saw at least six Nordics walking around with it looked like cell phones, but is actually like sensor types of machines that they have that they're walking around with it and just constantly walking around and working on information about the ship. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. Well, we are back with JP, and he has had another mission. It is December 2nd, so welcome, JP, to ExoPolitics Today. Hey, how you doing, Doc? I'm glad to be here. Glad to bring this information to you. I got green-lighted really fast for this mission to talk about it with you. Quite interesting. That's great. I'm very happy to hear that. So, yeah, why don't you uh, tell us what what you experienced? Yeah, sure. So, we actually drove to an open field. It was a total of five of us. And us five soldiers, we were, you know, dressed in civilian attire. And we were there in the middle of the field. And we we saw a TR-3B coming in. So this TR-3B is the ones that pick us up and drop us off. Sometimes the pilot doesn't come out or the pilot doesn't say hi or nothing. We just know they're there like a transport to pick us up and drop us off in a fast pace type of, like really fast. So. We were waiting in the field and we saw this TR-3B coming down. It hovered. So there was a LMTV a little bit more down doing security. And they saw it and they flashed a light, like a light beam to the TR-3B. And it knew the location where to hover on top. So there's a type of code. It's similar to like a Morse code, but there's some type of beam language that the military use for certain types of ships like the TR-3B or flying saucer types of ships or other ships that the military uses to maneuver and pick up people and transport. So they flashed the light to the TR-3B. The TR-3B started hovering over us. So it went down. It was six feet from the ground and we just entered through the back part of the TR-3B. A little ramp that came out, grayish black ramp that comes down and we get on top and it takes us back into the TR-3B. 
So we got in there, the TR3B, and we started going to the Atlantic, where the Atlantic Arc is. And this is quite interesting because we saw the ship, the donut ship already is on the location where the Atlantic Arc is. So right now they're in the preparation of bringing down the tube, the elevator back to the Atlantic Arc. But when we got there, it wasn't prepared yet. So there was a huge, huge ass submarine there. The submarine had like a radar bubble in the front, but it was huge. This submarine, it was huge submarine. And it was waiting for it by the donut shaped ship. And there was other ships there as well. International ships. I can't tell you the other international nations that were there, but there was four international nations that play big ball around the world that they were there. JP, can you explain what you mean by a big radar bubble around the submarine? I haven't heard of that before. So it has like a metal black bubble looking. How can I explain this? Okay, it, it looks like a ball. But the size, the ball is the size of a ice cream truck. <laughs> the size of an ice cream truck is, is, is round and is huge. And this, this is the type of radar that they use when they go underwater or this particular type of submarine slash ship goes into space. It's a submarine, but it also can go to space. I see. And this kind of like... Uh... Spherical radar is at the very front of the ship, like at the is at the very front, and it has also one in the bottom. But the one in the okay. bottom is smaller. Mm -hmm. And it creates like a vibration around the ship, and it can even levitate out of the water. I think we use these types of submarine-looking uh, spacecraft also to go to space. And there was one of them that I saw, and that's the one that we entered. Okay. So we entered into this big-ass submarine, and, you know, I never been in one of these ships before. There was one incident over there in Tampa. I remember getting on a, on a ship that it was like a flat platform type of ship, and it looked similar to that type of ship but it's um, more ET like looking it wasn't more military you could tell it was more ET looking so the way I compare when it's ET and regular military looking the ET ships they look like they're uh, fabricated all looking at like one piece the military looking ship you can see parts moving around you can see different parts that are connected after the ship is built and all that. But the ET ships are built like a one-piece type of ship. So this ship looked more ET-ish, but you, you can see military people working it out and flying it, and it goes underwater, and it can go really deep underwater, Doc, this um, particular of submarine-looking ship. Okay, so even though it looks like an ET ship in terms of its appearance the crew is a human crew well i'm sure that this ship looks like a cigar ship 
cigar looking ET ship when it's flying. It got the characteristics of that type of ET looking cigar ship. But it was as a submarine when we got in. It was underwater. It was on the water. Okay. So the way we got in it, the ship totally came out. So that's why I could see the size of the ship. You can clearly see it coming out. And then I heard one of the ships from the international ships honking the, the horn, like, like really loud when the ship came out from the water. So this ship has a type of anti-gravity because the weight, the amount of the ship that came out, it would have been too heavy for the water not to hold it down. How, how long was it? It was around 600, 600 feet around, around there. Well, it's huge, okay. Doc. Okay, so like two football fields, it's kind of like a, uh, an aircraft carrier, like a small similar aircraft, aircraft carrier. Yeah, similar to an aircraft carrier. Yeah, it was a huge, huge ship. It was big. It was almost the size of the donut-shaped ship that we have there floating. So it was a huge-looking ship. And it floated out, and we got in. And it has, like, three three floors of compartments that it has. So it's quite interesting. So we went down, and the ship started vibrating. You could feel the ship vibrating. You can feel everything vibrating going down towards the arc. I felt kind of happy that we were heading back. But the Nordics... They're in charge of the Ark now. So the ship has like little portholes that you can see outside. But this type of glass, it was really thick. But you can still see lighting coming in or coming out. And then we were getting close to the Ark. You can see, you can see like a light that the Ark never had. So the Ark was kind of activated a different way that we never seen before. And the Ark's position is that it's in a different part of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, before you said it was being moved into deeper waters. So was it, you know, kind of like deeper waters further away from the U.S. coast? It is farther away to the U.S. coast. So right now, more international ships can go around it. So we saw more international ships around the donut shape ship and that was quite interesting yes it's more farther towards the middle of the atlantic and it took maybe a month or three weeks for it to get to that location but it was going to that location through a, a vibration that the ship was going through that they put it into a vibration state that made it move but now the ship seems more activated there's more lighting on the ship, on the surrounding of the ship. So this submarine-looking, cigar-looking ship is actually run by the Navy. So that's quite interesting. And we landed on top of the ship and then locked. And we can hear like a popping noise on the ship. The whole ship moved. And we had to take a ladder down into the ark to a location that we have not been into that we saw it with a lot of vegetation 
we saw a lot of light, bluish white light that was all over the place in different corners of the location of the arc that we were in. And we saw at least six Nordics walking around with, it looked like cell phones, but is actually like sensor types of machines that they have that they're walking around with it and just constantly walking around and working on information about the ship. So we landed there and we got into this part of the Arctic ship that was there and we started going to familiar spots that we went to. And when we saw these places, they were more activated. It had more vegetation, more light. So whatever the Nordics were doing, they're doing a good job at it on activating the ship more than it was activated before when, when we had it. So I guess they have more knowledge on the activation of these ships. And when you say we, you're talking about the five of you that were taken there to the donut-shaped ship on the submarine. That was just the five of you that went down or were there others that joined you? There was other people that went down, but they couldn't go farther than when we went down with them. So when we go down, we usually go down, we go more in into the ship and it activates. But the ship looks like it's, it's activated, like it's really activated right now. The the arc. It has a type of vegetation that, that I haven't seen before. It looks like grass, but it grows like in a curly, curly way, like a curly fry way. It's not straight like regular grass. It grows round like curly fries. So that was quite interesting. And that's all over the wall. You can see that type of vegetation over the wall. I think it's an extinct type of grass that the earth had that doesn't grow anymore, but still grows in the ship. Quite interesting. Was there uh, any kind of uh, analysis of the vegetation growing on the walls? I mean, from earlier missions, did anyone, a biologist or uh, a botanist, examine the grass or the plants growing on the walls, and did they say what it was? So these plants were not there when we were doing the arc missions. These plants are now there that the Nordics took over. So it's more lighting and more vegetation right now. So no, these plants, we never saw them. I guess they're like chia plants that they grow when there's a certain lighting or a certain activating uh, on the ship that they grow and they give out beautiful oxygen to the habitants of the, of the ship. So it's quite interesting. Certain types of plants that are growing in the park that are already extinct, but they're growing now in the arc. And it's really, really, really nice. Different. We haven't seen the arc disactivated. And one of the guys were talking to a Nordic and the Nordic was talking English like regular. Like he did not have no accent. He sounded like an English from like New York. Like he had that New York accent, English. Okay. And what? And was it just the six Nordics that you saw on the Ark, or were there more as you walked through the Ark? Oh, there were more. There were more now. There was more Nordics there than we saw. We saw more than 16, maybe 18 Nordics walking around. And I'm probably sure that there were more in different 
parts of the arc and all that. So they were talking to us and then there was just sharing. We were just collecting data and changing information about what we have with the arc before and what did we do here before? So we were just having a type of meeting, but walking around as we were talking and the device that they have writes everything down for them in a certain way that they they can have it as information. So we're just sharing ideas of past missions and they were really interested how the Aztec Indians came in and they were really asking questions about that and what did they activate it? They seem to activate something really important in the ship that nobody knows how they did it, but they did it. So they were asking information about that. So they were asking if we can find them again to bring him down and for them to talk with the Nordics about it. So we're in that process now to see if we can find the, the Indians that, that activated the, the ship more. So that's another thing that's happening right now. And the Nordic that had that New York accent was talking to another soldier. He was telling that they found a vein system around the arc that gives it. It's like a vein that has a, a substance that was blue. Like a blue, bluish liquid substance. And I remember having another mission before about me drinking a blue type of liquid substance. And now they're finding out that the, the arc has a vein system that goes all around the, the arc and it gives it energy all around the parts of the arc that there's vegetation, there's light. So it's quite interesting. Okay, so you're talking about your, your previous mission where you were given a blue drink by Yusuf and yeah. that made you feel more, uh, made you feel better and more activated. Mm-hmm. And so, so you're saying something like that is happening with the arc as well? Well, this substance was always in the arc. These veins, these veins that are connected in the arc. So remember I told you that the arc was like an organism that's like alive, that's always living, that it could feel you. And it could feel yes. who, who comes in the arc and who who doesn't come in the arc and all that. So this substance is all around the arc. This type of liquid, but it's in like tubes in, in, in types of of silicon looking veins that are integrated inside the ship. So the Nordic found out that the ship had like uh like the veins they spread out so where the jewel is. So starting from the jewel department, these veins they spread out and the jewel activates the liquid of the arc and I think it keeps the arc healthy. I don't know how to say this, but yeah, like uh, for it not to deteriorate and not be broken down. So, yeah. And these veins, I mean, this is something you didn't see in your 
previous missions on the arcs, it's just now you're seeing them and you think it's because of the increased activation due to the Nordics. Well, these veins are integrated into the walls of the arc. But you never saw them before. This is the first no, time you saw them. No, I did not see these veins before. We did not see these veins before. So something's happened and it must be the activation the Nordics have been doing to make those more prominent. Yes. So the Nordics are doing a good job activating the the arc. And I'm sure they're doing it with all the other arcs around the world and in our solar system. So it's quite interesting. It's not just Nordics. Um, there's other ET races that are helping out as well. There's inner Earth as well. They're helping out. Did you see inner Earth beings up there? Did they introduce themselves? How do you know they were inner Earth and not Nordics? By the way, the Nordics were talking about it. And they were saying, and the way that we saw more Nordics there, but the Nordics, they were dressed different. So there was Nordics with different uniforms in the arc, but there were still Nordics. So I don't know if it's like different like branches of what they work on or different types of location they are from, from different maybe parts of our solar system or. But I know that there is inner Earth involved with the activation of the arcs by the missions that I went into the caves over here. The mission when I went to the ant people mission. Right, yes. There are certain things that look the same as it looks into the arcs. So like the vegetation growing on the walls. When we went to the mission to the ant people, we saw similar growing plants that really look similar to how the ant people, when they do it, and how it looks in the arc, it's like similar. So yeah, that's how... I know there's a connection. There has to be a connection. Okay. Does that make sense or my English is still messed up? <laughs> no, no. I'm trying to like really, really put it into words and to try to to make sense of it all for it, you know, in English. I'm sorry. That's okay. You just describe it as best you can. That's fine. So you saw the veins. So what else did you see as you walked further into the... Uh, the gravitational ball of water where the fishes are, they're activated again, so their back is not like messed up no more. It, the, the gravity is good. And I'm sure there was like a, at least seven Nordics in that part where teleportation happens that can be teleported to one ship to another ship. So that's really interesting. I think they're working on that teleportation device that is on the on the arc that it's really really interesting that the military also wants information about that about how's that working and all that so right now i think in the past you said that there were two spheres one was with the fish the mm -hmm. fish were and, in it, and, and the other one was the teleportation device where you saw yeah. the, you know, what was it, the 15 guys? Soldiers yeah, that, they were like um, 
holding like into chains and we were trying to get them out because they were starting to drown and all that. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, that particular spot, we went there and you could feel a beautiful vibration and you could see the ball of water that was bluish, like right there in the middle. And you could tell that they were studying it and looking at it. I think the way it works, you know, everything is done with vibration. Everything is done with the study of light. Huh? Frequencies? Yeah, frequencies, the study of light, uh, the study of the quantum world. Because, you know, in order to teleport a particular person, a particular being, there's also living things on your body as well that has a certain DNA as well. So there's a lot that goes to it when you think about teleportation. So the way they're they're doing the study is how does the teleportation device brings all the molecules back together and including the living things that live on your body? You know, how many how many types of organism lives in your mouth? You know, if you do the study or inside your gut, you know, there's different organisms that live in your body that has a certain type of DNA that is different from your DNA. So when a teleportation happens, it has to register all types of living things on your body and your body in the same time. So, and it eliminates everything that is negative. So it's a big, big science into the teleportation. Where we're talking about it, heading back to the donut-shaped ship about that particular way how teleportation works because it has to register every type of DNA and every living thing that is on your body as well. Not only a human being, but also the organism that lives inside of you and helps you with your, you know, body. And you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know if it makes sense what I'm trying to say right now, Doc. Yeah, maybe you need to rephrase that. So in order for teleportation to happen, right? Whatever machine that you're going through has, uh, your body has different organisms that lives in your body, right? Microscopic organisms. And the machine has to register the DNA of those organisms as well as registering your body, your, your, your own DNA. Did that sound right or? Okay, yeah, I can understand that. Okay, so that's what they were talking about with this device in the arc. How does that happen? Because I think that's also with time travel, you know, because if you do time travel as well, you're teleporting, what, maybe diseases or anything that your body has into that certain time frame so it has to register everything that is on your body it's not just your human dna it's more than that so that's why it's so complicated and it's hundreds of thousands of years more advanced than what we have as humans so it's really really ancient and they were 
talking about that in the arc. And that's what the Nordics were studying. How does this device register not just the DNA of the person that's going, but also the DNA of the other organisms that live on the person? I think I think people will understand, Doc, about that. So it's an advanced teleportation system or portal system that the Nordics has to be advanced, yeah. Okay. Right. So yeah, depending how how it works, and it did work because we we registered that it did work. So it does has the technology of teleporting everything on your body and yourself. So that's quite interesting what they were talking about that. And the ships has other technology that they're trying to figure out how how it works. They got a generation technology that you can go inside. It's like a healing type of cocoon. I remember telling you that in one of the missions that we went, we saw Sophosuchus. It's Sophosuchus? It's Sophosuchus. On, on one of the parts of the ship, and we saw dozen of these different size of of boxes and these boxes are a type of generation it generates healing as well and and it can also generate long stasis sleeping in it so they were also studying about that did you see or did you know or did you hear anything about the Anyone or the beings inside of the sarcophagi? No, we did not hear nothing about that. We did not ask. We're just letting the Nordic do the investigation themselves. But they're sharing the information to to the military. And I think they also got a connection with other international characters that were also there. So everybody on top of the ocean the Atlantic Ocean was waiting for information of what's happening with the with the Ark. Now, is, is that one of the reasons why the Ark moved more towards the middle of the Atlantic rather than being closer to the US, that it would be more of an international initiative to explore it? Yes, yes. That's one of the reasons for that. I think it was the, the Nordics that brought that idea up, not to have conflict with other nations and all that. So... And and can I guess who those nations are? I, I assume it's countries like China, Russia, France, Britain. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. Okay. okay, so that's correct. Can't say if that's correct or not, but yes. Okay. All right. Well, that gives us uh, an idea. Yeah, it gives people an idea of what's happening internationally and why it's happening. So it sounds as though the Nordics and the intelligence on the Ark want to use the Arcs as a mean of promoting international cooperation. Yes, try to get everybody together and making sure that the right technology is given to us in order for us to prosper and to get better around the world. Right, I understand. So... so you know, the Nordics, they're like the type of mediators type of people. So they like to 
put everything in order and making sure that everything is done right and by the books. You know, it's not like crazy like the reptilians used to do or still do, I guess. Just organize the way they do things. So by bringing the ship more into the middle, it's more safe. It's safer for other international nations to get close to to the ark and also run their investigation because remember they have they have arcs as well so they want to share their information with this particular arc because this is the the most activated arc that we have right now on earth so that's quite interesting so whatever they do with this arc they're going to do with other arcs but so that's quite interesting right i remember you saying that uh, the atlantic arc is the biggest of all the arcs on, on Earth at the moment. And the second one is the one in the Pacific. I see. Well, you haven't talked much about the Pacific one, but but yeah, tell us whatever else happened with the Atlantic arc before we talk about the Pacific. So it's more activated. That's one thing I want to tell the, the public, that it's more activated. And when this arc is activated, it creates a type of energy. And it's closer, it's closer to the middle of the Atlantic. So that's quite interesting. Okay, so it's no longer in the Bermuda Triangle. It's now closer to the middle of the Atlantic. And the purpose is so that would create greater international cooperation. Yes. Yes. So we gather information. We said our farewells. We went back. We went back on the... The submarine looking ship. We went up and we went back to the donut shaped ship, this huge ass freaking donut ship. Can't believe that there's no pictures or there's nothing about it. I think soon the information is going to come out before I think the arc it has to come out because this shit is huge. This type of ship is huge. And the way it stays stationary with a big ass anchor that has. So it's quite interesting. Now you say an anchor. I mean, middle of the Atlantic. What depth are we talking about here? I mean, can ships have anchors that go to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean in the middle? I mean, I don't know what that is. Is that two miles or something? I don't know how they do it. Not, it's not a type of anchor that connects to the ship, but it has an anchor. I know that it, the ship is stationary. How the hell is stationary? I do not know. But I know they talked about an anchor. Okay. So a type of anchor that is like connected to the ship, but it's, it's connected like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, when you say an anchor connected to the ship, are we talking about the kind of like the elevator or the tunnel that goes from the donut-shaped ship all the way down to the ark. You know, you said that they were still setting that up. They're so still setting that up. Yeah, they're still setting that up, but I, I don't want people to get confused. They do, they do have a separate type of mechanism or anchor that helps the ship to stay stationary. But the elevator is something different that they connect. I see. Yeah, I think they do connect it with the anchor, but the anchor, I think it goes first and then they connect the 
it's like a tube. It's weird. It's technology that is it's advanced. It's really advanced. Okay. I hope people don't get confused of that, but yes, we do have technology that is way advanced than what we have in the public. And yes, they do have a type of anchor and, and the elevator connects to the anchor and then it connects to the arc and that's how people we we do our missions. All right. So did you do a debriefing after you finished the mission? I mean, I don't think you actually explained what the mission was. So what was the mission and was there a debriefing? The mission was to gain information of what the Nordics were doing, to bring that information back into the, the surface. And I was telling them, I was say, hey, I don't think you guys need me anymore. You know, I don't think you guys should use me anymore and they kind of got mad because of that when i said that that i don't want to help no more you know i don't feel like doing these missions no more so when the tr3 picked us up and they dropped us off and we got picked up by the band and we came back and then it was time to go home i was actually followed doc and i want the public to know that to be careful if you are a whistleblower, um, be careful who you, not a whistleblower, if you, if you have information that the public needs to know about these type of missions and these type of experience, be careful who you talk to and who, who you tell this information to. Because once I told a certain person on the donor ship that I don't want to do these missions no more, he really got angry at me. And I was like, yeah, but I just don't want to be forced to do it no more. I don't feel like doing it no more. You know, it's affecting me in a way that the only person I say it is to you. And the reason I'm telling you is because I got the green light to tell you, you know. So when I was heading home, I was being followed by a black van and. Uh, I got uh, I got attacked, and there's a technology that's out there that people use to to get rid of people, and I guess they tried it on me. And the next day, after I ended up in the in the hospital, so yeah, just uh, be careful. So you think that was a, a retaliation, or was it a warning of some kind? I, I think was, I know they're going to get mad if they hear this. I think it was a, a, like a warning for me to to keep going or, you know, not to stop doing what they're telling me to do. But, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep my distance. I'm going to keep my distance and do what I need to do until I don't have to do it anymore. You know, I know you understand where I'm coming from. Right. And, you know, seeing as you've raised this issue, you know, I mean, can you maybe explain how these missions have taken a toll on your health? Yeah, I'm forgetting a lot, Doc. I don't know if they're using a type of energy, type of technology, vibration to my brain. 
um, to my body. My vocabulary is even more poor than when I started in the military. My vocabulary gotten, uh, I don't know, I know people have noticed and all that. I know, I, I, I do know three languages and all that, but my vocabulary is really, um, like, I, I'm forgetting sometimes what to do, how to say, and um, hit times, and I'm forgetting a lot. So that's an, another thing that's bothering me. Uh, bone shrinkage. There's like if my bone is is aging more than regular people. My eyes, um, they're getting worse. I'm getting more blind. <laughs> it, it takes a toll. It takes a toll on, on your body, phys physically and mentally. And I guess people will ask, well, why don't they allow you to use some of the regeneration technologies there? You know, given the toll it's taken on your body, as opposed to just letting you use conventional medicine, it's all a system. How they, how they do things. Yeah, I ask myself the same question: Why, why can I get like a, like a pill or something that, that can make me feel better? But I, I kind of felt like a, like a healing sensation when Joseph, Joseph, gave me. A um a drink the other day, I think that was like three three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Right. And I my body felt better than usual. I I, I believe it was a type of medication they were giving me. Mm -hmm. You know that I felt peace. You know drinking it and all that. So so it sounds like the Nordics do help with giving you some kind of advanced medical assistance but that the military authorities that get you to go on these missions they just send mm -hmm. you off it has these impacts on your body as well as the kind of mind control or the memory wipes and whatever things that they're exposing you to take a toll on your physical health and they don't really help you in any way other than just allow you to just you know go through the conventional medical facilities when you get back to your base yeah yeah i did felt like a growth after drinking of uh, uh this blue substance of type of it felt like juice but it was more like plant-based type of taste uh i did felt muscle growth after three days of drinking it so and i started working out again I felt more stronger. So, yeah, I, I feel good now, but it, it takes a toll on on people that do these missions, and it, it's rough. It's rough on all of us, you know. Mm -hmm. And then just just keeping this information in your in your <laughs> in your head, it it messes you up, you know, um, about how how society is right now and knowing that we have the technology to heal everything and to to have the energy that we have and this technology not coming out you know it, it really puts a toll on you a, a stressful toll on you that you know mm-hmm it sounds like this is also a control mechanism as well i, I think withholding these advanced medical technologies 
from people in the programs that it's a way of controlling them as well. Yeah, it could be. It's something that when you think about it, Doc, and and, and you're doing these missions and, and you're asking yourself, hey, you know, why am I here? Why do they want this information? Why am I going to benefit off this mission or this information I'm gaining with going to the ARC and, and bringing it back to other people that are higher than me? You know, but what I'm benefiting is now is telling you, you know, telling the public about this. So the way I think is the reason I'm still doing this is because they're letting me give this information to you and and keep giving me the green light. So that's the reason. But I, I don't really want to go through this. You know, I don't want to really do do these missions. You know, it, it's it's something that I, I think the public should know. and. I think soon the public will know about not just what is a UFO, UAP, or where they come from, but also the type of inner Earth people that live on Earth, or also the the arcs and all this information is going to come out little by little and drip dropping it. You know, now now they're saying that there's a what a Nazi base in the Bermuda Triangle that the United States was keeping a secret. I don't know if you heard about that, but they're gonna try to tag that along with the arcs. And I think people have to be careful what they connect. Well, I, I, I'm sure the, probably the, yeah, the Nazis were trying to investigate that, the arcs, because they kind of knew where the arcs were with the map that they had. Yeah, that's another crazy thing that's happening that a lot of people are talking about. Well, I know that most of the listeners of this update will you know, be very grateful for you continuing to do these missions and giving the, these public updates that I'm sure they're very grateful and appreciate what you're doing, the sacrifice you're going through. You know, given the toll it's taken on your your health, and I, I certainly feel sorry that you're you're having to go through this. But I understand that. And you know, you know, they take everything away from you. It's not. It's just. I know it's sad, but they they could take everything away. Also, you know, everything that you ever lived for. They could take everything away, you know, <laughs> and leave you in the streets, you know. But, you know, it's it's for a good cause. I know a lot of people need to know the truth and they need to know about all this that's happening. And yeah. Well, I'm grateful that, you know, that you're still able to do these missions. And I'm grateful that there are people in the military that have the foresight to allow you to go public and give you the green light to go public. I mean, it would be great if they gave you the kind of advanced medical healing so that you're not suffering. But I guess we can't have everything, can we? No, not, we can't. We can't have everything. It's tough. I, I wish that. But there's other people involved. There's higher people. And we have to understand that, you know. My my father always told me a saying that there's always, there's always a rooster stronger than the another rooster. You know, <laughs> yes, we do live in a hierarchical alpha male society. 
Yeah. So JP, I didn't ask you at the beginning, but how many days ago did this mission happen? This happened, was it Tuesday? Okay, Tuesday. So right now it is uh, it is Saturday, December 2nd. So Tuesday, that would have been uh, November 28th. Okay, so that's roughly the date you, you did this mission on. Yeah. And you mentioned at some point something about the Pacific Arc. So, I mean, is there anything you want to say about that now? I don't know if I can say anything about it now. I haven't gotten the green light, but I know the, okay. the Chinese are involved with that arc. And But the Nordics took it over, and right now they're trying to do the same thing that they're doing over here in the Atlantic arc, trying to activate it more than what it is. So, Okay, well... Yeah, uh, I, can't, yeah I don't know if you can put that out. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, that's enough. I mean, when you get the green light, you can tell us more about the Pacific arc. Sure, sure. Um, it's it's similar to the arc over here in Atlantic. It looks the same. It's um, it's like cut and paste. You know, these arcs are like cut and paste. Like it was right. manufactured all in the same place. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that Pacific arc is somewhere in the Dragon's Triangle area there, uh, in the Sea of Japan between China, Taiwan, and Japan. And it's a kind of similar arc. Okay, very good. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to say anything to the Spanish and Portuguese listeners to the show? I think you've got a big following there. So if you want to say something yeah. to them. Sure, I'm going to talk to the Spanish people today. First, para todo el mundo en Sudamérica, estoy muy agradecido que están escuchando Michael Sala y nuestra you know, mi, mi experiencia. Y si quieren más información, pueden ir para exopolitics.org y buscar más información en las misiones que yo, que yo tuve. So, um, que todos sean bendecidos. Los amo mucho a ustedes. Y ojalá que puedan entender esta información que yo pasé en inglés. Now I'm going to speak in Portuguese. Okay. Para todo mundo que está en Brasil, muito obrigado. Amo muito vocês. Eu sei que vocês escutam muito o programa do um, Dr. Michael e Sala e é muito agradecido por tudo que vocês, um, o, o, o suporte que vocês dão para a gente é muito legal, é muito bom. Então, aí também, se vocês querem mais informação de a, a missão que eu tive, que eu tuve um, exopolitics.org vocês podem ver mais missões lá que, que eu fiz muito, muito amor tá? fica ligado tá? o, o, o dia se está cercando por disclosure yeah, basically I told them if they need more information about the missions and all that and, and about the stories and that to go to your exopolitics.org and yeah, they can see more information and maybe maybe in the future um, translate some things for them. And yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be awesome. <laughs> okay, well, I want to thank you again, JP, for doing these missions and, and sharing them with us. 
we all appreciate what you're doing and uh, our prayers and love go to you and your family so that you all are all safe and uh, you prosper in these challenging times. Yeah, yeah. I want to wish everybody a happy new year, a Merry Christmas. And think positive, treat people beautifully, treat people nice, and just think positive in every situation in real life and you'll be blessed, right? Yeah, I just want to leave that with everybody. That's awesome. I love you guys. Thanks, JP. No problem, Doc. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to ExoPolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Join or start a conversation in the comments. Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala. Visit exopoliticstoday.com. Thank you.